Hi, I'm Danette May, and today on Mana Festival, I am chatting with master coaches Christine Hassler and Steph Stephanos, and we discussed how you can have desire to be in relationship without suffering, and what does that even mean, and how does that increase your manifesting ability? And I ask a very vulnerable question, and it brings tears to Steph's eyes. Let's get started. Welcome to Manifestable, where you'll receive profound breakthroughs, courage to break old patterns, and live into your soul's purpose. Each week, I will bring you epic guests, live coaching, and manifestation tools to remind you of your power. You have the ability to achieve extraordinary things, and the time to start is now. All right, my loves, so many people ask me, you guys, how I have my energy to run three businesses, be a mom to two girls, to be a wife, to be able to be healthy, to take care of myself. And I have to tell you, it really depends on my energy and me amping up my motivation. You see, motivation is not given. And it's not like some people have more motivation than other. Motivation is created. And I do a very specific energy boosting routine in the morning. And I want to give it to you absolutely free. So I know it's going to help you. It's going to be a game changer for you. And I wanted to give you this as a gift. So all you have to do is go to take out a pen and paper right now because you don't want to miss this because I'm going to actually send it right to you. Go to morning, morning dot manifestablepodcast.com. So morning dot manifestablepodcast.com. You'll see it right there. Just put in your email. I'll email you this exact routine that I'm doing. You guys, I'm so excited for you to have this enhancing, boosting energy in the morning. You deserve it. All right. We have Christine and Steph Stephanos to the show. Christine and Steph are both master coaches with over 30 years of experience. They are also a married couple who found each other on opposite sides of the world. She was in California and he was in Australia. They are passionate about living in sacred union with each other. And their love story is amazing, but not unique because anyone and everyone is capable of a conscious, loving, passionate, and ever-evolving relationship. Steph and Christine love, love, and are committed to supporting others and having epic relationships with themselves and their beloved. On this episode, we really dived into the coaching world, some of the not so great things about the coaching world, and how do you really decipher what makes a great coach, what to be looking for, how Christine was desiring relationship in her 40s as this really successful businesswoman and how she had to really let go of suffering to actually call him in. What was Steph doing during that time? We go there about relationships around coachings, their own vulnerabilities, where they're at in their lives. We're going to be covering a lot of different topics with these master coaches. And I'm going to make sure I leave all of their contacts and their information in the show notes below. But let's get started. Well, it's so good to have you two here. I'm so excited to just go all in with you because I actually have not gotten to really meet Steph. I know Christine's integrity. I know your heart. I know who you are. Like I see you. So it's really going to be fun to like dive in together. How you guys manifested one another, what you're manifesting now, like what's stirring in your heart, what you're creating, all that good stuff. I want to just dive in. Actually, we were just talking before we started recording. I met Christine before she met Steph. Do you remember the conversation? Can you like tell me where you were at your life at that point? Yes, I was 
very clear that I was complete with being single. I'd been divorced for nearly a decade and I had really lived my life. I had done what I wanted to do both professionally and personally. I had done so much deep healing, so much transformation. I really felt like where I was was the manifestation attraction point for what I wanted to call in. And the only downside to that is it ruled a lot of people out. (laughs) It ruled a lot of people out. And I was super clear I didn't want to settle. And my number one requirement or non-negotiable was someone that was deeply into growth and transformation and spiritual development and love the work like I did and had done his own work. And like I said, that narrowed down the, the list a bit. But I was in this place of peace with it because I finally embodied how to long for something but not suffer, which I think is one of the keys to manifestation. Because I played in two extremes, either really, really wanting it and making so much of my life about it, like dating coach and dating apps and putting so much energy into it. But there was this energy of lack. There was this energy of wanting it and this energy of suffering because I didn't have it because I believe life would be better if I did. And then there was the other extreme. I love being single. I love my life. I don't need anybody. And if he happens to come, he happens to come. But that doesn't have strong intentionality in it. So neither one of those things was working. And so I found this place, this middle place of equanimity of having a longing, having a desire for something, but not having any suffering around it. Like if I have a desire and a craving for chocolate, I'm not suffering. If I'm not eating (laughs) it. If I'm not eating it. I'm just excited about after my dinner for my four o'clock snack, I'm going to have some dark chocolate. And when I got into that place, I was able to talk about it with people like you more from a place of excitement and more, I don't know if that was the feeling you got, but more from a place of, oh, I know this is happening. Yep. I you feel did say it. that to me. Yeah. I know this is happening mm-hmm. and the time it's going to happen. Yeah. And then I think that was, as we talked about, our friend Chris Harder's birthday. And that I believe is in November. And I, we got introduced in May. Oh, and so May. it wasn't that long ago. Where were you at that time? And what were your thoughts and thinkings about relationship? And where, what was going on in your life at that time? I just come out of a, a very deep exploration of my own self. And it was a very challenge for the most part, not all of it, but for the most part. When I met Christine, I wasn't really challenged then. But prior to that, a number of years of really, you know, a lot of darkness, a lot of pain, really... I guess undoing and unraveling so much of who I was in the world or who I thought I was in the world. A lot of ego death, suicidal ideation. I was really, really in some dark places. And the the catalyst for that was a, a relationship that had broken up. And it wasn't because the relationship broke up. It was because of why the relationship broke up, which was really a discovery of my infidelity in that particular relationship. But just a reflection of how I had been living my entire life in the shadows, wearing masks, avoiding my own trauma, not really facing the fullness of myself. And so coming out of that and having met Christine when we were introduced, I mean, literally a few days to a week before we were introduced was when I was in a, in a deeper meditation. And I had finally, at that point, had said to myself, oh, I'm open now to being in a relationship. And it was very, very specific to what Christine said about I had a desire for it. Not a longing. It wasn't a longing, but it was a desire with zero attachment because I was really happy where I was in my life. But I had opened up to it again after that relationship and then another relationship being another catalyst for deeper exploration as well. And it was just really about coming to 
just a greater trust and love for myself and a reverence for myself, which again, I had done some really quote unquote ugly things to myself and to people in my life. I just wasn't living in integrity. Wow. Okay. Before we get into how you two met, would you say that 10 years from now, you were dreaming the life you're living right now? If you could go back to your 10 years ago, and maybe we would say seven years because I love seven-year cycles, <laughs> but like seven years ago, were you dreaming the life you're living right now? How long have you guys been married? We've been together, it'll be six years in Oh, okay. So May. you, this yeah. is cool. So yeah. you're heading almost on I know, a seven-year cycle. I'm doing math and thinking like, where was I seven years yeah. ago? We got married pretty quickly after we met too. Yeah, you knew. <gasps> yes, and there were logistical reasons as well. I mean, he wasn't a U.S. citizen. <laughs> So but we, we but, but we knew we knew, and that that was the that was the foundation of making yeah. that decision. It was, yeah. it was. We were clear we wanted to be together. Yep, yeah, that Absolutely. was that was abundantly clear. Yeah. yeah, we got married legally, but we didn't tell anybody, and oh, we you considered didn't. it our engagement. No, because it didn't. To me, like if 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 you don't have a ceremony for something, it isn't a thing. Yeah. <laughs> I so need true. my ceremonies. <laughs> so <laughs> I share that with yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like we we had we got legally married, and it was sweet. Like we. We, it was just it was you very, two. just us two. Yeah. And it was very beautiful. And, I, cool. and, a very, and a very young. He was like going? literally. I called him a 23 year old in the Judge Judy robe. Like he, he <laughs> yeah, was a young man. He was so yeah, young. Like and, yeah. And it was just the two of us. And yeah, no one really knew. And then a year later, we had our wedding in Greece where we met. And that was what we considered. Wait, our did you guys meet in Greece? You didn't meet in Australia? No. You met in Greece? Well, we were introduced way before we got to Greece. We talked for nearly three months over WhatsApp. Ah. And then we met in person when I was on a trip with Chris and Lori and a bunch of other people. No. I didn't know this part of the story. Yes, yes, No wonder your presence is strong in Greece. There's a lot going on in Greece. There's a lot going on I know you named your daughter Athena, but— Well, she named herself, but She named herself. Yes. We were going to name her Isabella. I have so many questions. (laughs) They're just now coming. So now we know you met in Greece— you, would you say you were dreaming of this life that you're living now? Or does it feel a little different than maybe the dream was seven, eight, nine years ago? The specificities may be a little different, but to be completely direct, I pinch myself. I am living an amazing life. I, I feel so grateful for... I love your vulnerability, by the way. The gift that Christine gave me of her own self and then of our daughter. I mean, from where I've come from and my childhood and all of my history and the things that I've done, the things that I've been, the things that I haven't been, I live a very abundant life now. And our relationship is not perfect by any means. And we're working through challenges and we're staying with it and we're doing our best. And there's a whole bunch of stuff we can get into, but the people in my life, the loyalty in my life, the trust in my life, the willingness that I have in my life from the people around me and the things and the people and the experiences that I have access to, I, I definitely pinch in myself. That's yes. amazing. That's amazing. So would you say it's almost even better? It's a pinch me moment. Yeah, it is better. Yeah. Wow. What about you? I didn't think I'd have a child. I thought that ship had sailed. Filled. Mm-hmm. And so even better than you imagined oh, as well. Yeah. Wow, I yeah. love that. And I also thought I would be, I guess, more of a boss babe. <laughs> <laughs> and my relationship with Steph and then having my daughter, it really reorganized me. And the achiever in me really died. I'm still very inspired and very passionate about my work, 
but the drive that I think was remnants of old story of needing to prove. And it it had worn out over time, but really giving birth and having Athena in my life, it just like zapped that away. So I'm more in this place of, I don't even know how to describe it. It's more like a place of flow yeah. than a place of like making things happen. I actually want to reflect something. Granted, we don't know each other super deep, but when I meet people, I'll feel into different energies and And when I first met you, which was at that birthday party, I would say this woman that I met at my book party and I'm sitting here with is different. There is a, I actually feel it's more of a groundedness and it's more of a trust and like a sinking in and a knowing than it was back then. Yeah. There was still a lot of seeking back then. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Just sometimes I think the drive... We can mask our drive, but that drive is kind of almost curdled with untrust and like worry and like, am I enough? Or and it does it feels like you've gotten really settled in truth of who you are. I'm all about feminine superpower and women doing amazing things in and outside of partnership. And being a single woman entrepreneur in a big city especially when all of your other friends and peers are married, maybe having families. It's a different note, you know, it's a different place in life and a different energy. And I think just being in that, holding a business, having employees, living on my own, traveling. And when you met me, I was living in San Diego, shooting a TV show in LA, traveling. All, like I was just kind of like all over the place. And so there was a place where my nervous system couldn't really really relaxed because I was holding so much. And because I have a man who does his work and really can hold that masculine pole in a safe way, there's a place where I can just like my nervous system can just relax. And that kind of gripping, uh, you know, I can, can loosen that a little bit. And I'm not saying, oh, a man is the answer. Healthy masculinity, whether it's outside another person Absolutely. or inside ourselves and in our partnership with the divine, that to me is more the accurate way to say it. Yeah, I feel the same way with my partner. I feel like I was able to like get a little more flowy and like, ooh, loosey-goosey. And I was like, this is nice. I don't have to worry about so many details. Yes. So great. Yes. But yeah, that's amazing. Wow. Okay, we're going to go over to Greece now because I want to know from you guys, do you feel like specific lands hold specific keys or codes? And if so, is Greece one of those places for you guys and why? Yeah, 100% to the first part of your question, which is one of the reasons, you know, we're looking at, do we stay in Austin? Do we leave Austin? We're far more connected. I, I'll speak for myself. I'm far more connected to other lands. I have the benefit and the challenge of, you know, I grew up in Australia. I also grew up in Greece for the first part of my oh, life. okay. Greek was your first language. Yeah, Greek, Greece. Oh, uh, wow. Greece is very special to me. So Greek was my first language, then English, then Italian. My mother's Italian, my father's Greek. So for me, when I'm in Italy, I feel like I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm home. When I'm in Greece, I feel like I'm home. When I'm in Australia, I feel like I'm home. I feel at home in the US, not so much in Austin, Texas, yeah. but I feel at home in the US as well, particularly on the West Coast. But to me, I, I do believe, and, and I, I've felt this, it's, it's palatable and there are certain lands on this planet, there are areas, geographical areas on this planet that you can say they hold codes, they hold keys, they can give us greater insights into ourselves. The reason why Indigenous peoples would settle 
on very specific lands. And they may move around depending on that culture, but they'd settle on very specific lands because there is a richness there. Yes, it's providing sustenance, physical sustenance for that community, but there's also something else there. And I've seen that time and time again, even Austin, even Austin has its own energetic. Yeah. It has its own meme. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) It's got a, but it has, like, it has more than, it's interesting. Austin to me feels like there is a bunch of clusters of cultures within Austin. I mean, you would say that with a lot of cities, but Austin feels a little more. It feels like it's it's got its own countries and within its own city, you know? Yeah. It's really yeah. interesting. But Greece, I felt your presence in Greece, and that's why I wanted to know, what was Greece like for you, Christine? Like, is there an energy there that you're very drawn to? or? Yeah, I think for me, I mean, for lack of a better word, there's a strong goddess energy there. Like, you, I really feel the history, you know, and the creativity. To me, I feel... Like when I'm in Greece, I feel really alive and I feel really in my feminine. I feel really in the more like Venus of life. Nice. Yeah. I yeah. love that. Okay, you guys are coaches. I'm going to go there because I am super curious. I feel like I have this privilege of like kind of removing myself from people or situations or things. And I watch almost like sometimes from a bird's eye view, different coaches, different people doing things. And I want to know from you guys, from a coaching standpoint, because are you doing coaching with couples or just people with their own self-love? And you've coached in a lot of amazing places and a lot of really impactful people. And I've heard amazing things about it. So I want to ask a little bit about the coaching world from your perspective, because it feels to me like there's this energy of a lot of people becoming coaches and maybe not even with the desire to do well and to serve, but maybe it's coming a little bit from the wounding versus from the empowerment. Do you guys sense this coming, being actually in this world? I don't know if you're like me, but I need to have a little bit of chocolate almost every single day. If you're like my husband, you need it after every single meal. He likes to finish his savory meals, whether it's lunch or dinner, with something chocolatey. And what's going on is even the healthy chocolates that you see at the grocery store that say they're dark raw cacao, they have cane sugar in them and they're actually not that healthy for you. But I have good news for you is that Earth Echo has these functional chocolate bites and these are actually what my husband has after every meal. So he will have basically a vitality chocolate bite. I'll tell you where to find these, but he'll have this vitality chocolate bite. It's like the perfect quantity. He'll have it with his coffee in the morning and it's his pre and probiotic. So amazing, right? In a chocolate bite, like kids love it, adults love it. And then there's other ones, other functional blends like Focus, which has all these superfood benefits to increase focus throughout the day. So he'll have this after lunch and it has almost like this dark coffee chocolate flavor so delicious. He'll take a calm bite, which is more of a decadent chocolate that helps calm the nervous system. And then he takes a rest one, which is like a dark chocolate caramel flavor. So there are so many different chocolate bites that you can get a hold of. They just came back out because they are seasonal. They fly off the shelves. But I want to tell you, if you're listening to Manifestable, you can get these chocolate bites right now. Right now, while supplies last, all you have to do is go to earthechofoods.com and at checkout, put in Manifestable and it'll give you 15% off. I want you to have these chocolate bites. It's going to help you so that you're not craving and snacking on 
not so great for you chocolate. You're going to see results in your body. You're going to see results in your brain and your immunity functionality because they are the healthiest chocolate on the market. So all you have to do is go to Earth Echo Foods. I'm going to spell it for you. Earth, E-A-R-T-H, Echo, E-C-H-O, Foods, F-O-O-D-S, dot com earth echo foods and at checkout put in the word manifestable and you're going to get 15 percent off go there right now get these chocolate bites and change your life yeah it's why we created a coaching institute where we train people how to actually coach (laughs) (laughs) you're like yes very much so (laughs) yeah i mean so i started coaching 20 years ago 2004 i had my first client so i have and that's when no one knew what a coach was i barely even knew what a coach was and i didn't set out to be a coach i'd written my first book I'd interviewed people for my first book and they kept saying, can I have a session with you? And I'd say, why? And they'd say, well, are you a coach or a counselor or something? They mostly used the word counselor because that was the word. word. And I was like, no, I'm like 23 years old. (laughs) No, I just felt this kind of knack or pull to it. I was working as a personal trainer and I had a coach. And so then between 23 and 25, like I really stepped into, okay, I'm going to do this. And I just coached 20 somethings. And between then and now, I've had so many trainings, master's degree in spiritual psychology, consciousness, health and healing, all kinds of stuff. And stuff has to. And so what I've seen, a few things. Number one, people, and this has been, this has been on the rise for a while, but especially since COVID, people really don't want to work in jobs that are sucking the life out of them anymore. I really don't. And a lot of people are having transformational experiences. And whether they leave their job or they get a divorce or they get to the other side of the illness. And it's similar to if you go to an amazing place in Greece, you want to tell everybody about it. And I think people have these transformative experiences and just come from this place of, I want to like, everybody can do this. Scream it from the rooftops. Yeah, I want to scream it from the rooftops. And like, maybe I could make a living doing this. And that's beautiful. But there's a lot more to becoming a really powerful and embodied coach with integrity than having a transformational life experience. There's a lot more training you need. There's a lot more you need to clear out of your own system so you're not projecting or being projected upon or getting triggered or transference or all this kind of stuff that can happen. And then the other thing that we see is the celebrity coach. So there's, thanks to Instagram and social media, there's plenty of people in Costa Rica drinking their smoothies, saying you can work from anywhere and make all this money and be this coach and make six figures. And there's a lot of marketing to people of like, you can, you can do you this. Can, you can do this. And I'm going to show you how. And I'm going to show you how. And, and I, just got, I, like I built a funnel for yes, you. Yes, yes, and <laughs> and I have the blueprint. Yes, I have here the blueprint. Is. Here it is. The $3 million. <laughs> what we notice in the industry is there's a lot of people telling coaches how to build business, but not a lot of people training people how to actually coach. And first and foremost, how to be their own best client, how to really get to a place inside yourself where you can hold and you truly are coming from a place of service and not from a place of anything else. For someone to buy more of your smoothies and pay for your surf lessons. Exactly. I'm I'm just speaking real. So I'm really glad we're having this conversation. I want people to feel empowered on this podcast to be like, how do I look for these pitfalls? How do I find the right coaches? How do I navigate this? Because it can be tricky. It can be tricky. And like, really, you should be a coach because you really love sitting with another person and listening deeply and intently to them, not because you want to be able to work from Costa Rica. Bottom line. Thank you for that truth. Yeah. So you guys are seeing this. You're seeing this uptick. I think there's my theory and my 
the feeling I'm seeing in my meditations is just like when yoga became the hot thing, like whatever, 10 years ago. And yoga is still hot, but it was like, it was a trend. Yoga, 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 yoga all different kinds of yoga. Yeah. And I feel like the healing world is going to do the same thing. It's like healing this way, healing this way and all these healers. And and I feel like my mission, I was talking to Brooke, my right hand is, is how do I really help people have discernment or how do I support in that empowerment of really deciphering? Because it can be tricky when you see people with their handbags, if you want to make money and they may not even be able to teach you how to make money because they're just buying handbags and cars (laughs) and they're don't have, they can't even go buy a piece of land because they don't actually have money, you know? So it's like, I want to empower that. And so I want to empower people around coaching because people need coaching right now. And it's a desire and people are getting more comfortable with the idea of coaching and therapy more than ever. And so what would you say is the top three things to look for when looking for someone who really can support you, not in just masking, but in really uncovering to the truth of someone who they're becoming? The wounded healer is a very real thing. And, you know, I was guilty of that. I went into coaching again for over 20 years now. I went into coaching thinking if I can, and more at an unconscious level is what totally. drove me. If I can help someone else and at some level I'll be helping myself. But unless I'm deliberately and actively doing my inner work, it's not happening. And so you ask one of those top three things. If I'm ever working with a coach and I'm working with someone, because it's less about people needing coaching It's about people needing to be able to relate to someone that can see them and not judge them and meet them with compassion. And when I'm looking for a coach that I want to work with and be on a journey with, I'm looking for someone that can see me. I'm looking for someone that can meet me with non-judgment. I'm looking for someone that's walked the path before me. They don't have to have the exact life history that I have. It's not about that. However, they can relate to me. I need to be able to relate to them. They need to be able to get me fundamentally and they need to be able to challenge me, call me forward, be at times, not all the time, but be a bigger energy than me. And I'm not saying I have this big, massive energy. At times I do. That's not all I am. But they have the internal strength and resilience and the confidence to say, hey, how you're being right now, how you're showing up, what you're doing, what you're saying, is there another way to do that? Is there another way to be that? And really be a stand for me. But they can't do any of that if they haven't really done and are continuing. They're not committed to their inner work. Like Christine said earlier about that for me is a non-negotiable. If if person that I'm working with isn't committed to their growth and their inner work, then I would struggle, I think, to be on a journey with them of support. But how are you going to know they're really committed to it? Because they all say it. You can feel it. You can feel it. You can feel it. And and here's the paradox though, right? You'll feel it if you're on that journey yourself. Yes. And one, you can sense it in someone else. Yes. One way I like to give it some perspective is, to me, you look for a coach that's relational, not aspirational. So if you're drawn to someone because you're like, oh my gosh, I want their life. And you almost are kind of like nervous when you talk to them and are do everything they say without like really, you know, Oof. feeling if mm-hmm. it's true for you. Mm-hmm. That to me is out of alignment. A coach should feel like, yeah, you might have some nerves because the person can really see you, not because you're intimidated by them, but the person can really see you and is holding this unconditional loving space for you. And it feels very raw and real and vulnerable. But there's like a relational, there's a like, you get me feeling 
that happens with it, not a like, oh my gosh, I just want to please you and I want your life type of feeling. I also believe that so much of this is a divine appointment. I think that one of the best ways we can draw in our next teacher or coach or healer is to really go through spirit, (laughs) to really meditate and be clear about this is what I'm looking for support with and draw that person in. You know, my most recent coach slash therapist, I was looking for something in particular support with, and I've been clear about my intention in my meditations, asking spirit for it. And just on Instagram one day, it was like a suggested post. And I looked at this woman's post and I'm like, that's her. I know it right now. Never had seen her before in my life. Didn't know her name at all. Did a discovery call with her, talked to her for 20 minutes. I'm like, I'm hiring you. Done. And it was just- And it was a good decision. Oh, great decision. (laughs) He's like, yes, and thank you. (laughs) Yeah, no, she's she's been amazing. The person before that came from a conversation with my girlfriend talking about her coach and what they were experiencing. And I was like, ooh, that feels really good in my body. What's her name? I'm going to reach out to her. So it's that when the student is ready, the teacher appears and really calling it in that way. Yeah. I think you guys hit something that I am noodling on a lot is this idea of feeling what's true because we're in, I feel like this is kind of the new work for all of us because we get so bombarded and busy and phones and technology and we're blasted with a lot of technology that it's almost becoming a fine art and a ninja skill, I think, to feel, to be able to really feel what is my body feeling? What's my body saying versus all the stimulus around? And I think that's really cool that you mentioned feel. You'll know, you'll feel it. But I want to have you guys maybe coach right now on how does someone get into understanding and trusting the feeling within themselves? I think if we first demystify it, and not let it be so abstract and ethereal because some people really struggle to feel and they're disconnected from their feelings because it's been unsafe to feel in their past. It's been unsafe to be in intimate situations. It's been, it's been tainted with abuse even. Right? So many people experience violence in their lives in different ways. They experience an invasion of their own bodily privacy, mental privacy, emotional privacy. So if we demystify it, I think that can be very helpful in understanding it. It makes it more tangible and more real. So for an example, we're talking about feeling what's happening physiologically in the body in very, very simple ways is our nervous system, our enteric system is taking on information and it's sending up information through the vagus nerve into areas of the brain that are processing that information. And then we're saying, is this safe or is this unsafe? Now, here's the interesting thing. The more we haven't dealt with our stuff or the more painful experiences that we've had and we haven't dealt with it, the more hypervigilant we are. So those areas of the brain that are responsible for interpreting are also more hypervigilant. And so it disrupts and interrupts our ability to feel intuitively in clean and clear ways. And so the quote-unquote solution, if you like, and it takes a minute sometimes, is to do our inner work. I'm just going to keep coming back to doing our inner work, processing that somatically, talking it through with safe spaces, safe spaces meaning safe people, being seen, being appreciated for who we are, being respected. So many people are just never heard. They don't have a voice. Their voice was stunted when they were younger. So these are all opportunities we have to tap deeper into our feeling, into our intuition. And we can be more, not only more decisive, but clearer and more confident in saying, yep, I'm taking this path because yes, I feel it. And feeling doesn't need to be minimized. And if anything, it needs to be elevated. And it's less ethereal or abstract than we actually think. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to kind of turn a little bit because I know you guys are busy. 
what made you come on to Manifestable? What was the message you wanted to share to somebody who's listening on this podcast? Why choose this one to say yes to? And both of you. Firstly, we know you and we want to support people that we know and care about, number one. (laughs) Uh, Number two, for me, I I love teaching with Christine. And and I won't speak for you, but I'm sure you feel the same way because I've heard you say it many times. (laughs) And so any opportunity we have to do Do something together together is just really, really exciting because we do so much separate, you know? Yeah, Mm. and I've been blessed at Rise to feel your audience, at least a little bit of them, and to experience you and to know that the, the people in your community and they feel like seekers, like people that really want to learn and want to grow and want to be honest with themselves and honest with other people and break generational patterns and break free of a lot of the unconscious collective beliefs that are programming us. So the opportunity to have a conversation with that community is who we want to talk to. Yeah. Woof. I like that. I agree with you. These guys are powerful, powerful yes. people that are like seeking truth and wanting to live into truth, not just, they're not, not doing it because they want to look good on social. None of them are actually on social, right. really. They're <laughs> like, they're like just in their lives and impacting those in their lives. And it's, it's very inspiring for me, these people that are listening. Well, what I want to hear individually, because you guys are both coaches and maybe this is relationship. Maybe this is around creation. Maybe this is around inner work of the wounded child, but I want you to just take a minute, both of you, let's all just kind of do it together and just kind of breathe into the person listening right now and just really feel this woman. And it could be a man because a lot of these women are putting their husbands onto this, (laughs) really feel into what she could hear right now. And it doesn't have to be on topic of anything we discussed, just really feel into it. And I would love stuff to start and share one to two different messages that you feel this person needs at this time and then I'll have Christine share. Yeah well on the subject of feeling and intuition the, the first two things that came to me immediately in, in terms of words and then an image was firstly enoughness so I'll start I'll start there. I work with so many people that feel so inadequate in their lives such a deep insecurity about their worth and their value and I think it plagues so many of us I mean it still plagues me sometimes Whenever I'm, I'm down or I'm in a challenging situation or if we're in conflict with each other, those questions arise, are, am I enough? Am I doing enough? Am I not adequate? You know, Christine mentioned earlier around being a healthy masculine pole and I appreciate her sharing that. And for the most part I am, but there are times when I'm not. And I question myself in those times, especially being in the space that I'm in, but I'm also human. So I get it. I come back to my yeah. humanness and groundness, but... It's that enoughness and so many people feel inadequate. And so if this can be a reminder that there is value that you bring, your your sheer existence, the breath that you breathe, the fact that you were born, do you know what the the mathematical probability of you being born in this consciousness, in this body is? It's ridiculous. Ridiculous is small. (laughs) The numbers, we can't even conceive any any of it. Enoughness is massive. And then the other part that came to me or the other thing that came to me is intimacy in relationships. You know, I've struggled for this most of my life. And even in, in, in our relationship, this, this fear of intimacy, this fear of being seen sometimes, because do we really trust that other person? Do we really trust that other person to hold all of us, to see all of us? Right? And Christine, you do an amazing, I mean, 
you know, we had a beautiful experience a few weeks ago where mm. that was reinvigorated for me, where we had drifted away from, I created a story in my world that, oh no, Christine isn't safe. Or she she used to once really see me in non-judgmental ways, but it's a little different now because we're so busy and stressed. We're not busy, but we're so, you know, more responsibilities and we're in a different place. And then we had this beautiful bonding moment that happened spontaneously. And then wow, it's happened spontaneously. I like that. When things happen in, in, in spontaneity and in the mystery, you know that it's real, right? You know, that's God's work. You know, we that's weren't even divine. together. It was on the phone. No, it was on the phone. And it wow. was deep. And it moved me and it moved me out of this bullshit story. Wow. That I was telling myself. It was bullshit. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's why I said it was bullshit. So I said bullshit. So that being in relationship or even yearning for a relationship and allowing oneself to be seen and trusting. And so for those ladies that are listening to this, I know it can be maybe challenging at times to trust your man. And what I have found in this relationship, and in again working with so many people and in previous relationships, vulnerability is a doorway to greater intimacy and a doorway to greater depth. And so if it's trust that you seek in another, if it's wanting to deeply be seen by another, how can you step into that more yourself? You know, not only for your partner or your partnership, but also for yourself. Nice. Thank you for that. Those are great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Christine, I'd love to hear from you. So what What's coming through for me to say to the listeners is it's time to let go of guilt, regret, and resentment. I think women tend to be very covert in our expression sometimes and hold a lot in and carry around a couple buckets. We have a guilt bucket, we have a regret bucket, and then a big resentment bucket that we just kind of throw things in and go on with our life and things are fine and we're busy and whatever. So I'll speak to each one of those things quickly. So guilt. Ugh. Guilt isn't even a real emotion. Like I can show you anger. I can even show you fear. I can show you sadness. I can't show you guilt. If it's I said so deep, it's, it, well, it's, <laughs> but it's so deep, but it's also so mentally contrived, you know, it's not a physiological emotion. It's more of a so feeling. Fascinating. I've never thought about yeah. that way. And to me, there are two kinds of guilt. There's the guilt that's an indicator of oh, wait, I need to make an adjustment. And that's usually pretty fast. So for example, if I'm dealing with a customer service person, this might've happened the other day, on my insurance, (laughs) and I'm getting really frustrated because they're not helping me at all and they're not making any sense and I get kind of snippy and then I feel guilty about that, that's good feedback. Because it's like, "Mm, let's move back into love and kindness and like, this isn't the way you want to act. So that kind of guilt we pay attention to because it's a course correct. But there's so much guilt that women carry around for things that, one, they can't change. And this is where regret comes into. Things they can't change, things that they have a distorted reality about anyway, and things that just are ridiculous for them to feel guilty about in the first place. And regret is taking information you have now and going back to your past self who didn't have that information or knowledge or awareness and beating her up. And so we can swim in this soup of guilt and regret, guilt and regret. And just the only thing that could possibly fix this is a time machine, which we really don't have. And so being able to go, okay, what did I learn? What can I do now? And how can I let go of the guilt? Because it really weighs women down. And then resentment, it comes from when we're carrying around all that guilt and regret, it weighs us down, they're heavy energies. And then we're really less likely to be in our power and speak our truth. And so then things happen in our life 
that we don't really speak up about, that we aren't empowered about, that we allow to happen. Because we're already beating ourselves up for whatever we're feeling guilty and regretful about. So then we actually don't have the self-love to be like, no, this isn't okay. And we're going to change that and respond to it with love. And so we just store all these things inside and just end up with so much resentment. And then a lot of times the people in our life don't even know that we have this bucket of resentment we're carrying around. And then one day we just take the bucket and throw it on them. And the person's like, what just happened? So freeing ourselves from that guilt and regret, finding our voice, stepping in that empowerment so that we don't build that resentment and, you know, making decisions. And maybe it means getting ourselves out of situations in which we're building resentment. Because, you know, what we always are reminded of in our own relationship, and this can be an intimate relationship, this can be a mother-daughter relationship, this can be a work relationship, any relationship, there are two people. There's always two sides of the street. And it's never anyone's 100% fault. Even if we use the example of someone in a relationship with, let's say, a narcissist, like an actual personality disorder, you can say, well, it's really more them because they have the personality disorder. But who stayed in the relationship? (laughs) So got to own your side. We've got to own our side and let go of the resentment. I think think also just to say on that, and I I resonate with everything you you shared, is is owning our side empowers us. Yeah. That's really, for me, what the the primary directive of that is. The reason why you want to take that ownership because then you have control of making a different choice. You can direct yourself where you want to go. Right. Wow. So good. Okay. I like asking this as a final question. So this is a word or a sentence. I want you to imagine you're standing in front of millions of people and it's the last thing you get to say. And it's like millions. Like this is like you can't even see all the bodies and you've given an opportunity to share one thing. What would you share? Honestly, I really don't know and neither do you. So just live your life. (laughs) You know, like I think there's so much. Well, I won't won't defend that statement. But yeah, I just like I, I feel into it and what, the truth that comes through me at this time is like, we don't know. The one truth I know is love. Oof. Thank you for that. Uh, you said live your life. The word that came up for you was live. 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 Just live. Live. And maybe if I was to add to that, be willing to go to the places that are really unknown to you, that are Ooh. mysterious to you. Be, be willing to play the the game of opposites. If you're just so accustomed to living life in a particular way, live differently just to explore that, to feel that in your nervous system, in your body. I love that. It reminds me of a quote, the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. So good. Oh my gosh. It's been amazing to have you guys. I actually feel like this time went like that. I might have to have you guys back sometime if I come back to Austin, because I want to go down kind of a rabbit hole of coaching around relationship stuff and, and that communication and that vulnerability coming from a male and a female perspective and different places in our lives. So maybe we'll have you guys back. I would love everyone to maybe share what you would love to ask Christine and Steph in a future podcast. But thank you guys so much for being on today. It's been awesome to be connecting with you today. Thanks for having us. It's been so fun to have these two on with me today. And I just want to say that if you loved this episode and you think it could actually help somebody, Take a minute and click the share button up in the upper right-hand corner because you never know how you sharing and sending it to one of your friends or family members, how that could impact their lives. Also, while you're up there sharing, go ahead and click that follow button. So these episodes that are coming down, just go directly onto your phone, making it really simple to stay inspired, to receive inspiration 
and do it whether you're walking, cleaning, driving, wherever you're at on your journey. I'll see you on the next episode. Are you ready to call it a deep, spicy, (laughs) loving relationship? Maybe you're single and ready to mingle, or maybe you're in a committed relationship that has just lost its flame. Regardless of where you're at, listen up, because I have the perfect tool for you. Here's the deal. I believe in giving away free things. I believe that when I give, I get that everything has energy. So what I'm going to be doing for you, and I've done this for my high-level coaching clients, I'm going to give it to you now. And it's absolutely free. And it's called Attract the Love You Desire. And it's a visualization. You have to understand that everything you desire lies within your subconscious. And rewiring your subconscious through visualization is the key to creating this in your life. You might have heard of this. Maybe you haven't. It's not all that woo. There is a lot of science backed behind this, but what you got to do is actually do it. You got to rewire that subconscious mind and you do it through listening to visualizations. This is what I've done to literally change my whole life. I feel like this is going to help so many people and I want to help you out because you are a listener to the podcast. You're on my YouTube. You deserve this. So it all it takes is just a few minutes every day. That's right, a few minutes a day. And I will walk you through how to call in the deep, loving relationship that you desire. So just go to DanetteLove.com. That's true. That's it. Danette, D-A-N-E-T-T-E-L-O-V-E.com and download it for free. And it's going to go right into your inbox or right onto your phone. So you can listen to it, whether you're walking, laying down, meditating, you're just going to put in your email and then it's going to go right into your inbox. This is literally going to help you from better sex to deeper love to finding your soulmate. This visualization will lead the way. It's time to open yourself up to more fulfilling love life. Go to DanetteLove.com. That's right. D-A-N-E-T-T-E-L-O-V.com. I'm with you, girl. I see you. I feel you. We all deserve this. And I can't wait for you to see how visualization is going to impact your life.